Welcome to Arbor Bridge Church's weekly podcast with your teacher, Daryl Canty. Arbor Bridge Church exists to bridge the gospel and our community by connecting people to Jesus and each other. Visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. Dear Father, um, thank you for this church family. Super proud of them. Super grateful that I get to be a part of it. Uh, it to, to say I'm proud is, is just, an, an, just the hugest understatement. I, I, it is one of the great blessings of my life to, give, to, be, to be a part of this church family. Um, I pray for you to guide and to, to show us how you want to uh, work in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen to this quote I've shared with some of you before. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. This, um, this small group of people, uh, this church family, has the opportunity to be great in a way that's far beyond what any one of us on our own could ever be or any one of our, own, our, our families on our own could do on its own if we're brave enough if we're brave enough to create the kind of community where differences are allowed and encouraged. So if, if we can learn to love one another fiercely, making every effort to keep the oneness of the spirit and the bond of peace, each individual working together to make the whole successful. Every effort to keep the oneness of the spirit and the bond of peace. If you're a Jesus follower, I assume that you agree with that idea. Um, I want to invite our church family to practice the idea. Uh, so in the last few messages, I've been building up to our worship service today, where I'm going to kind of facilitate um, a, uh, a conversation about Roe v. Wade being overturned, um, but also a general, general conversation about what abortion. So sharing, sharing our opinion about abortion is a secondary goal, honestly. The primary goal today is to build trust with each other. Primary goal is to build trust. So to prepare us for this conversation uh, in a God glory, you know, to, to do it in a God glorifying way, I've been asking our church family to, to read and meditate on and go over Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 gives us instructions on like what it looks like to be the kind of, kind of church that Christ dreams of. Um, he... he uh, he talks about us being one and the diversity, the, 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 the diversity that we have serves to make us reach the fullness of Christ in a way that, uh, that, that we, we can't have on our own. Um, and that won't happen if we all pretend we're the same. So I'm going to share a few thoughts. And then at the end of my message um, today, we'll end the live stream and allow for, for us to build a relationship together. So today I, I want to begin by just sharing a, <clears throat> a little bit about what Roe v. Wade is. Maybe uh, you don't know. So Roe v. Wade was a landmark uh, decision in 1973 in which the Supreme Court struck down a Texas, Texas statute banning, um, uh, <clears throat> the Texas statute was banning um, abortion. And they struck that down, effectively legalizing um, abortion all across the United States. So the court held that it was a woman's right um, to an abortion. And it, it, and it was implied in um, the, the privacy protected by the 14th Amendment. So prior to Roe v. Wade, in much of the country, abortion was illegal. 
So the Supreme Court recently overturned Roe v. Wade this past June saying there's no longer a, a federal constitutional right to abortion. Um, they, didn't, they didn't make abortion illegal, but uh, said it wasn't a right anymore. So clearly this decision made many people in our country happy. Clearly, this decision made many people in our country upset. Uh, the, the, the current event has kind of reignited the conversation about abortion. And so I wanted us to, to, to share some thoughts about that today. So please, just allow me to begin by, by reading a few Bible verses to you. Listen to this. You have created the deepest parts of my being. You put me together inside my mother's body. How you made me is amazing and wonderful. I praise you for that. What you have done is wonderful. I know that very well. None of my bones was hidden from you when you made me inside my mother's body. That place was as dark as the deepest parts of the earth. When you were putting me together there, your eyes saw my body even before it was formed. You planned how many days I would live. You wrote down the number of them in your book before I lived even one of them. Those of you guys who are familiar with the pro-life movement, you know that this section of verses is what many folks point to to say we shouldn't abort babies. Um, and it describes God as the one is putting, putting a person together in a, in a woman's, uh, in a mother's womb. Um, in, in the original language, the words used for putting together refer to uh, intricate work, um, intentional work, uh, the kind of work that takes focus or specific designs and specific decisions, um, design. It goes on to say, you know, God planned how many days each of us would live. Uh, clearly, God has planned how many days each of us would live, but there can be things done that cut those, those, cut those days short, right? God has plans for our lives and we can get in the way of those plans. And these verses seem to say God values life. One of the first commandments um, that we're given, that we're, they're, they're in the Bible is you shall not murder. That being said, in Psalm 139, the very same chapter we just read from, I want to read you this. We have, this is what we have from King David. The author says this, God, I wish you would kill the people who are evil. I wish those murderers would get away from me. They are your enemies. They misuse your name. They misuse it for their own evil purposes. Lord, <clears throat> I really hate those who hate you. I really hate those who rise up against you. I have nothing but hatred for them. I consider them to be my enemies. It's hard to know what to do with words like that when you find them in the Bible. Here's the interesting thing. If you're super amped up to embrace Psalm 139, part A, what do you think about 139, part B? 
David calls on God to kill evil people, although, you know, and although we don't like it, we, you know, God can do what he wants, right? God's God. So he can, do, he, can, he can take life as he sees fit. He does no wrong when, when he takes anyone's life. He's God. But some of you guys know, those of you guys, my, my Bible nerds in the room, you know that David shed a lot of blood during his life personally. And in the Bible, God gives instructions not to murder. And then he tells people to go into all the towns and kill everyone. Men, women, and children. David's son writes this in Ecclesiastes 3. He says this, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to kill and a time to to heal. David's son is supposed to be the most wise person in, at that time for certain, maybe, maybe of all time. This isn't permission to go around killing whoever we want, clearly. We're told to love our enemies, lay our lives down for them. But it's hard to read the Bible seriously and not come away with the idea that there are terrible, heartbreaking times when killing is going to happen. And if you don't think that you can find that idea in the Bible, um, that's okay. Uh, When we think about it logically, when we think about it logically, there are clearly times where where we would agree, if, if not all of us, most of us would agree that killing has to happen. The terrible question that we wrestle with is this. Is there ever any context where that could apply to unborn children. And maybe you're adamant the answer to that question is no, or, or, or maybe with much sadness, you would have to say the answer is yes. Um, and maybe you just don't know. So let's talk through it together. Let's talk through it together. Before um, we do that, I, I, I want you to really think about a few things. In our discussion today, um, we're not trying to resolve an issue. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you have to get together and have a hard discussion with a group of people and you're trying to, you're trying to get to a solution. You're trying to decide something together. We're not deciding anything together. We're not, we're not Supreme Court justices who get to decide what the law is going to be for the nation. Um, we're not deciding church policy today. That's not what's happening today. So I, I thought that maybe if I said that out loud, it could help us all turn the temperature down on my opinion on this isn't going to, isn't going to change anything at this moment. So <clears throat> number two, when we have conversations like this, we, all, we often think the goal is to win or to prove that we're right, or to change someone's mind. You, you enjoy when someone comes to a conversation wanting to change your mind, right? <laughs> Clearly, those aren't the goals today. What if the goal in my conversation with you wasn't to get you to, to do anything or change anything, but the conversation was about me understanding you better? What if that, what if that was the goal? What if that could be the goal today? Today, the goal is to build trust between us, our church family. Um, And you can do that by listening. 
to what people share and then loving them anyway, if you, even if you think differently. Um, and, and today isn't the, day, isn't the day for debating the fine points of each of our different views. It's just sharing. It's just sharing. You share what you think. I say, hey, thanks for being willing to share. And then the next person has a chance, chance to, to share what they think. Again, turns the temperature down. I'm not, this isn't, we're not. You can share what you think. And then in last week's message, I laid out some instructions from the Lord about how we should behave um, in all circumstances, but especially in difficult circumstances. Um, when lots of things the Bible has to say uh, are really great, you know, oh yeah, I'm totally all about that in, in easy circumstances, but in difficult circumstances, nope. This is what Ephesians 4 is all about. Um, I, the message I gave last week was just trying to break down Ephesians 4 and what, what it told us to do, who it told us to be. If you did not hear that message, then I want to ask you to refrain from sharing your thoughts today, uh, your thoughts on abortion today. Um, last week's message is essential to what we're doing today. Um, so I would very much like for you to still participate um, by answering. I, I've got a couple of icebreaker questions if you'd like to answer those. Um, and uh, listening, uh, you can participate by listening to your brothers and sisters speak. Um, love to have you participate in that way. Um, but uh, it helps us set a tone for, for who, what we're doing here by uh, hearing that last week's message. So if you'd do that for me, that would be great. And then for those of us who speak today, number four, for those of us who speak today, let this verse guide us. Let this verse be our guide. Do not let unwholesome, unwholesome, foul, profane, worthless, vulgar words ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good for building up others according to the need and the occasion so that it will be a blessing to those who hear you speak. Let that be our rule. And then last, let me say this. Obviously leading up to this, you know, a few people have expressed concerns about allowing this to happen. And your, your concerns are legitimate. Um, you, you've, you've seen conversations like this go poorly. Um, and so what I'm doing here today is a risk. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but let me tell you all, I'm going to tell you all what I've said to those people when they express, express their concerns to me. And here's what I told them. I'm betting on you. I'm betting on you to be Christ to one another. I have seen you do it. I've seen you do it. I'm betting on you to act like the body of Christ that we see in the Bible. I'm betting on you to be the very best version of yourself. People, um, in addition to that, people have said to me, Daryl, I'm afraid that if I share what I think, they're not going to like me anymore. That I'm going to have like a target on my back. You know what I told them? Not these people. These are my people. Not these people. These guys are going to love you even if you think differently than them. I'm, I'm 
betting on it. I'm betting on it. I'm betting on you. I'm betting on you to be Christ. And you, and you will. And you will. I trust you. I believe in you. So, at this time, what I'm gonna, we're going to do is this. Um, thanks for those of you who joined us via live stream for the first portion of our worship service. Um, we're getting ready to end that. Um, before, before we do that, uh, <clears throat> let me say this. Let me say this, give you this, uh, this thought. May you know and have full confidence that God is with you watching every step you take, guiding you by his spirit, giving you exactly what you need to get through each day. And if there are agonies experienced this week, may you be full of confidence that the trials that you are facing are helping us gain an eternal glory that is so much greater than the trouble you're facing. So do not give up. Take your cues about who you are and what you're worth from him. Thank you for joining us. Hope to see you next week. Um, Have a great Sunday. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information on our church, visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com.